let's talk a little bit about the weather. Well, Italian health officials um, intensified heat warnings today as southern Europe will begin a brutal hot week with temperatures expected to top 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, countries with borders on the Mediterranean Sea weren't alone in suffering, of course. Authorities in North Macedonia extended a heat alert for the next 10 days with temperatures predicted uh, to be around 43 degrees Celsius. Rome itself is bracing for temperatures as high as 42 degrees Celsius uh, tomorrow. Uh, animals were stressed as well. Italian farm lobby Coldaretti noted that cows were producing around 10% less milk uh, due to the heat. In recent weeks, we've seen Earth's highest ever temperatures uh, recorded uh, when it comes to climate. Just think about for a moment if you're out working uh, in that temperature, uh, what impact that would have on, let's say, farm workers or roofers or delivery personnel. Perhaps you're working uh, in a, um, a job where there's no air conditioning as well. So it got us to thinking what are the rules and regulations around working in a heat dome or working when there are uh, heat events like we're seeing in Southern Europe today. Joining me now to talk a little bit about your rights and heat is Jeff Mason, Employment and Human Rights Lawyer at Miller Thompson LLP. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, I, I thought of you the other day. and I said, you know, as I was reading this article in the Washington Post and it was specific to uh, America and uh, their rights and rules around heat. Uh, and I think between 2017 and 2022, about 121 workers died in that country and it was directly attributed to heat but many believe it was a lot higher because sometimes heat related deaths uh, are blamed on other workplace uh, accidents or other conditions so just to i guess to start first and foremost does an employee have the right to say look it's going to hit 38 degrees 40 degrees today uh, i'm not going to come into work i just don't feel comfortable i don't feel safe and and i and and i think it's too dangerous can an employee do that yeah, so employees have, have a general right to to refuse unsafe work, and that that applies obviously outside of just the extreme weather context, but it, it, it applies just as much um, in in the context of extreme heat, um, and that's that's coupled with you know other obligations that employers have to to try to prevent and, and mitigate those risks. But that um, that that kind of core right for employees to refuse unsafe work uh, that that would also apply to to extreme heat events how would that happen though like if i if i'm a contractor and i'm heading out and and someone says look we're working on this home today i'm a roofer uh do i just say no i can't because uh, the weather forecast says it's going to be 40 degrees today and i i don't feel comfortable working in that environment well, it, I mean, how, how it plays out and, and how it should play out are, are often two different things. Um, you know, in a, in a perfect world, uh, an employee makes a, a reasonable decision based off of the actual health risks, not just sort of a, a discomfort in the heat. They, they let their employer know about that. The, the employer responds reasonably and, and doesn't require the employee to work until the, the risk is, is eliminated or, or mitigated. I think one of the, the, the challenges with heat is that it's not always clear or there's not always a bright line when that heat goes from, you know, being a, an issue of employee comfort and goes to actually being a, a workplace safety risk. Um, and, and to that end, that's, that's sort of why, um, at least in British Columbia, uh, WorkSafe BC and the Occupational Health and Safety Regulations require employers to actually take more of a, a proactive 
stance on on addressing those risks. So it's not all just sort of left to the employee to have to make that assessment themselves and um, and you know be put in the rather uncomfortable position sometimes of having to uh, refuse unsafe work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would that here in British Columbia be uh, provincial ordinances? Because I, I recall in places like uh, Texas, uh, I think Dallas and Austin, the cities, those two cities had ordinances uh, around heat safety. And I think the, the state government came along and stripped them uh, of those rules uh, because they felt that local authorities uh, were just stepping out of bounds. Um, and uh, some of the, uh, the conditions that they were uh, introducing were too burdensome on employers. Uh, in this case, would it be the province then driving all of this, not the, not the municipal governments? Yeah, I, I can tell you there are plenty of differences between how Texas handles that issue and, and, and BC. But one of them, <laughs> one of them is definitely uh, is the, the the issue of jurisdiction. That's all dealt with provincially here. There is for for workers working in federally regulated industries, so airlines, banking, telecommunications, things like that. There's there's separate federal legislation that that deals with the same things, but. For provincially regulated employees working in provincially regulated industries, that would all be dealt with uh, by by the provincial government. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you say, look, this is uh, the it's regulated under the provincial uh, with WorkSafe BC. But do you know of any case where people have said, uh, "I don't feel comfortable in heat, and I'm not going to come in," or have worked with employers to perhaps have some time off during set time of the day when the heat may be at its peak? I mean, do you know of any incidents where people have said, "You know what? I'm not coming in, or I'm not going to be working for a few hours because of the heat"? Well, th- those I wouldn't say aren't the 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 most striking or sexiest decisions to. Uh, to read, um, there's there's plenty out there, but you know, just as a as a matter of practice, the issue comes up all the time, um, and you know, there's there's kind of a, a strict legal approach that you can uh, take when looking at it. As I was kind of discussing earlier, you know, when when the heat gets to the level of actually creating, um, you know, a, an actual health hazard, and, and in the context of work safety, see, they kind of look at the risk of heat stress as being that threshold. So the point at which the human body get up, gets up to 38 degrees Celsius or more, and it can't shed heat as much as it's taking it on. That's, you know, when, when you look at it from a strict legal angle, um, it's, it, those are kind of the, the issues you're dealing with when it actually rises to the level of a, a health risk. Um, but, you know, from a, from just sort of a, a, a human perspective, a, a lot of employers don't want to kind of address it as a purely legal issue. You know, if an employee comes up to them and says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable today, um, I, you know, they're not going to be really making an assessment of what was this person actually have heat stress? Is it, is it rising to that, to that level? Most, most times it's just dealt with from kind of a common sense perspective and, and employers are, at least in my experience, you know, willing to kind of give employees the, the benefit of the doubt and, and in a lot of cases, you know, employers are, at least in BC, um, trying to take steps proactively to to prevent uh, those very situations where employees have to come uh, and, and, and ask for relief in the first place. Do you see this uh, turning into a national issue uh, as climate change uh, continues and we are seeing some of these um, uh, events, uh, uh, you know, uh, much more prevalent and the heat being much more intensive? I know President Biden... I think uh, ordered uh, their national uh, organization, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, to begin drafting a heat standard 
uh, for labor inspectors. Uh, do you see something like that, or at least a, some sort of national um, standard? I know you said it's provincial, but a national standard that perhaps this is what we should all be looking at because these events are going to be perhaps uh, happening a lot more. And when they do happen, mm-hmm. it'll be much more intense. Because already, you know, on, on this show, we've talked to local officials who are talking about whether or not we should be introducing local legislation where landlords are responsible for providing a cooling system just as they are responsible for mm. providing a heating system uh, when they rent out apartments and, and, and other, um, and, and other uh, uh, housing. So it, it is that conversation that is now sort of percolating. Do you see a national standard or national conversation happening around this? Well, I mean, this is an issue that's that's not going anywhere, and it's it's going to get get worse year by year. Um, and it's it's a national issue already in the sense that it, it affects every everyone in the country. Now, whether or not it requires some sort of federal intervention or some sort of federal standard, um, that that's a bit of a different question. I mean, as I said, every every provincial jurisdiction in Canada and at the federal level has their own legislation that's that's dealing with this. There might be subtle differences between them but but in substance they're they're all kind of trying to address the same thing and i i think you know most governments are making a good faith effort of doing that and, and the legislation's been fairly effective i don't think you necessarily need you know absolute symmetry from province to province and i think you know one of the reasons why you might see that happening in the united states is because you don't have that same sort of state by state approach being taken as you see in Canada. Um, but Texas is a great example, right? You, you have other other states like Florida um, that are are actually taking steps to curtail this type of legislation, which in in the context of uh, climate change just to me seems absolutely insane. In that in that sort of circumstance, I could see how you might need some sort of federal level intervention just to get all of the different uh, state jurisdictions to to get up to speed. In Canada, I, I don't think that's as much of a problem. Well, it's an interesting conversation, and I think, as you say, it is going to be one with us for a very long time. Jeff, as always, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Jess.